What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. <laughs> Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. So you're going to get off the Diet Coke? The Coke. I got to get off the Diet Cokes, dude. Oh, you got to save the, this for the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to try to get off the Coke Zeros. I bought uh, Diet Sprites, but I don't think I'm going to drink those for a few days. I'm going to try to just cut it out for a few days and see if my gut relaxes. I'm going to cut that and the smoothie out. I've been doing overnight oats. You ever fuck with that shit? No, what's that? You just get a mason jar. I get like two things of instant oatmeal, some almond milk. I throw some fruit and a banana in there and let it sit overnight so I have cold, nice cold sweet oatmeal in the morning. It's good. Mm. I was yeah. looking up some chia pudding recipes. but Really? Like put the chia seeds with the, like you can put whatever else in there with water and like uh-huh. some of them have banana and berries and stuff like that. And the chia and, just makes you feel more full, right? Yeah. When you don't eat. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Well. Welcome to Smoothie Talk. This is me and John. We're sponsored Welcome by N- NPR. Smoothie Welcome talk. to Smoothie Talk. Welcome to Fruit Talk. Um, in two, case you two uh, fruits talking about fruit. Thought of, thought about thought you turned the dial wrong or something like that. You were uh, listening to the AS for Alcoholic podcast. Yeah, we're still drunks. Yeah, <laughs> still we just talk about smoothies and chia and overnight oats. Overnight oats. You should you should start a uh, you should start a bluegrass band called Overnight Oats. Yeah, we'll call overnight scrotes, right? Mm-hmm. And then it'll they'll be all it'll be all ball jokes about balls, Some songs and banjos and balls, balls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I would like to start the program. I know we talk about our sponsors and the. We should other probably podcasts. talk about our sponsors. Yeah. Um. I do well. Well, what I'd like to say is that for everybody who's listening, one of the biggest things, if you want to help the show in the biggest way, is to share it with somebody. Yeah. Is to um, rate or review us on the Apple Podcast app or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Um, in all the research that I've done, that's the way that these algorithms, you know, sort podcasts and get people yeah. to 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 listen to them and get them when you when you look up something and then this will pop up instead or this is you know however many steps above the other podcasts are so right um you know we have a small dedicated following of good kind people and i would just say that um if you enjoy listening to us every single week and want to help get the message out to other people Mm -hmm. go rate and review us Wherever you listen to your podcasts, yeah. it's it's helpful. Um, Trust us. We've done minutes of research. <laughs> Comprehensive minutes. 15 minutes of research. <laughs> it's true. Um, I also, we have a YouTube channel for uh, different ways to listen. And um, it would make me very happy if I could, if we could get uh, another five subscribers to the, to the channel. Smash um, that like button. Smash that subscribe button. Hey, right? guys. <laughs> So I'll what do I've some done? Video game walkthroughs. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would think I. Do you want to do some video, video game walkthroughs? <laughs> I, if I could figure out how to do it, I would absolutely do some sober video game walkthroughs. I mean, it would just be me talking about recovery and, and shooting people in the face. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I would like you to go through like your Fallout world, maybe, and uh, right. Talk about the different characters at the bar that you built. That one where you built like this lounge or this bar. Oh, you're talking about Fallout Four with the bar. Even when I was sober, I was building like really mm-hmm. nice bars. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, you could you could build like a recovery center, a rehab house, or something right. like that. Right, just full of ghouls. Yeah, <laughs> the halfway house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> just just ghouls trying to get better, man. They're just yeah. ghouls are ghouls are just people right. on the road to recovery. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, the YouTube channel is great. And so what I'm going to start doing is releasing some of the, our episodes early on the YouTube channel. So if you can't wait until Friday to listen to us, or if I do another one of our conversations, um, that will be up there first before anything yeah. else. The patrons on Patreon will, of course, get all that stuff. They'll be the first ones to get it. And then I'll start pushing it out on YouTube just to um, just to kind of see if that... I don't know. Yeah. And if ever one day we figure out how to do, you know, video record these, since, you know, we can figure that out somehow, maybe we'll mm-hmm. put one of those up too. Yeah. So yeah. I think, um, yeah, that's that's what we're working with. You know, please go to see. Sounds uh, go good. To see, go, go to see. Listen to our other podcasts, Rashida and John. Gluten is not your problem. And for the love of God. Um, go check out Green Camel Press. You will not be disappointed. There's lots of fun stuff on there. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you have go any to other? See, uh, like go Joe to see. To see. <laughs> like Joe to see. Do you have any notes? Any other show notes or? Uh, no, any, I got, do you have I got any announcements. Nothing. nothing. No. All right. No. I not that I can think of. Mm. I don't know. I'm almost. I'm three quarters of the way moved into this house. Feels good. Starting to feel yeah, like home. Yeah, it feels pretty good. I mean, we're still living out of boxes, but I like it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like it, but I'm trying to like it. Um, you don't like we'll the house. You don't like out. the boxes. Or I you... love the house. The house is actually right. grown on me. Yeah, but the boxes. Mm-hmm. I haven't found my paint. Br- I'm working on some art right now, and uh, I, I haven't found my paintbrushes. I don't know where the fuck I put them. <laughs> I've been wandering around in the garage like I have fucking dementia, <laughs> like just in the same path in the garage. Where mm-hmm. the fuck are my paintbrushes? But yeah, no, I got nothing. It's uninteresting right now. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're almost done. We're halfway through the year here, Jerry, which means it means a couple of things. It means we both have um, sober birthdays coming up. Yours is on the uh, the fourth of July. Fourth of July, yeah. Two thousand fourteen, and mine's on the sixth of July, two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also means that we're almost to the end of the alphabet. And this this days, this evenings, this mornings. Um, letter is Y, and I thought Y is for you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. Right. Or in the immortal words of Chris Robinson from the Black Crows, he says, you can lead a horse to water, but faith is a different matter. Ah. Uh. Um, <laughs> no? no, I like it. I just, yeah. I was laughing at my own, like, oh. Okay. Oh, my my delivery was a little corny there. But the idea is that and and I was talking to our mutual uh, skydiving friend this Mm -hmm. afternoon and um, he was really excited about it. He's you know, he's like six months sober and he um, he was just he was talking to me about, you know, seeing resentments in other people that drink or or having resentments in other people that drink Mm -hmm. and um how to deal with that not just people who are you know people who are drinking to excess but people who can just drink and he was saying this sober thing this he's six or seven months sober now at seven months sober mm-hmm. is so great what a great way to live what an awesome thing like i just want to tell people like don't you see how you're doing it wrong you know or, or you know he was like i just want to share with them that like this is the way to do it yeah and um I, the way that I explained to him, we were having another conversation before, and, and I said, I said, Casey, it's kind of like, because this guy jumped out of airplanes. Like, he, he told me he jumped out of an airplane 20 times in one day. God damn. <laughs> yeah. So, um, talk about getting high, talking about rush. Um, but I said, it's kind of like getting somebody to jump out of an airplane. You can't. You can't just push them out of an airplane because you tell them it's so awesome. Like, you still have to get them in the plane and get them to fly up there with you. And you have to get the gear on them. And you have to take them through the steps of the safety and what you do and rip cords and all that shit, Mm -hmm. you know. So, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on sharing the message of recovery and sobriety with people in general. Or having those discussions with, with people... Let's say, like you, you might think need it. Do you ever? 
does it's, that make sense? Well, yeah, it does. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine, and they were talking about another kind of shared acquaintance we had, and how this person has a problem with some stuff, and mm-hmm. they were saying, "Well, this person has a problem. This person has a problem. I think we should sit down and talk to them, and try to help them solve their problem." And then I said, "Well, you know, they they that's not gonna help." You know, they're already aware of their problem. They've already addressed it with me before in the past. You know, they know what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. I I came from this, I told them, I was like, well, you know, that if you would have sat me down when I was drinking and told me I was drinking too much, I would have agreed with you and then got gone, gotten fucking drunk. Because then it's just another thing to drink over, you know? It's. It, I feel like it's one of those things where you know people have to figure those things out for themselves, you know. But once they are willing to figure it out, because the process, the, the the answer to the problem isn't figuring it out that you have a problem. It's now what do you do while you're trying to solve your problem? You know, that's that's I think where the message comes in for me or sharing the message. Now, in my personal life, I don't do it very often because it doesn't really come up. And also, I feel like, you know, my only social life is work. You know, my wife and daughter have listened to me talk about my problem for years. So they don't give a <laughs> fuck, you know, and they don't drink. So, mm-hmm. but, and I, I feel like at work, I have to be kind of reserved because I feel like they've heard me tell my story a billion times. You know, we're in such close quarters with each other that I have to be conscientious. So I don't really bring it up as much as I used to unless it's brought up to me. You know, mm-hmm. this, this, I feel like this right here, what we're doing is more so me carrying the message. And my message has never been like, alcohol is evil. You should quit drinking because it's evil. My message has always been like, I had a fucking problem beyond the point of it being a problem. Like, you know, it was something bigger than that. And I stopped doing it and I started working some type of uh, schedule or regimen or maintenance and, and it got better and all I really ever wanted to express on this podcast was that it, it just it gets better like if you keep working at it you, you don't have to rely on that same old uh, the route of behavior you know? mm-hmm. <clears throat> I like what you said about it's it's what you do while you're trying to figure out how to fix your life I think it's a paraphrase right. you so it's right. like how do I how do I wake up in the morning and function you know, without having that morning drink. So mm-hmm. I guess, well, one, I don't have it. And two, I probably drink a shitload of coffee and eat several donuts or whatever else. And, right. mm-hmm. and a lot of it is, in, in the beginning, a lot of it for me was replacement. It was immediate yeah. replacement with whatever right. I could find. And that I that's totally... It was totally acceptable for me now because I, I I couldn't I couldn't eat the way that I that I did back then. You know, we've Yeah. I don't want to go into it for those of you who've listened, go back, but I had some serious problems with sugar in all of its forms. <laughs> um, right. At the beginning. But it was replacement. So I would replace I would replace the high with coffee, I would replace the high with sugar, I would find one way or another lots of food was always helpful television video games and again not that these things in and of themselves are bad right not that not that i was just replacing one bad habit with another um but it was the way that i use them it's our relationship with these things well yeah it's like almost a, it's not it's like a temporary pain reliever it's like an mm-hmm. ibuprofen for a pulled muscle like you take ibuprofen every day, you're gonna blow your fucking kidneys out, you know. Mm-hmm. But if every time you have a sore muscle, you take it for a day or two, and then that, then you allow your body to naturally heal from it, mm-hmm. you know. At um, least that's the way I looked at it. Was more, less of a cure and more of something to recuperate with, you know. Yeah, I just like yeah. that idea of, the, of having this daily sort of task list of how right. I how I get through the day. I've only and again we always one day at a time, but it just right. makes it simple and easy to go okay well i'm gonna go to work and say i drive home and my favorite bar is over there on the way home and so i'm not going to i just don't i I, maybe i take a different route home right you know and just figuring out those little steps that keep me away from drinking i think is 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 another just another i just like that idea of of how do i function on my daily routine so as not to drink um, did you 
feel did you have a pink cloud period early on in sobriety yeah, where it you didn't were last like, long though but yeah i had it for a little while maybe maybe explain to what we mean by pink cloud well some people get it and some don't it's like the some of the psychology recovery you know it's part of it in a way that uh you solve you you stop drinking and then all of a sudden you feel really fucking good. And I don't know if it's, I think it's a mix between physiological and psychological and I'm not an expert. This is just me doing my minutes of research, but I feel like, like, you know, you just feel really fucking good and all is well with the world and like all is kind of ticking into place and right. And I think it's because you're not fucking poisoning yourself every day and you're coming out of a fog and you know what I mean? You're coming out of that fog of feeling like shit all the time, you know? Yeah. And if there's nothing majorly giant and pressing in that moment, well, then you're going to focus on the good parts of it, you know? So yeah. the pink cloud is kind of that. Uh, some people last for years, you know, they just feel all right and positive and very upbeat and very happy. And like, why didn't mm -hmm. I figure this out years ago? And it's a positive thing. I know in some circles are like, they kind of laugh at the idea of it, but I'm like, let them have the fucking pink cloud. They've had nothing but black shit before that. You know, like, let them have the pink cloud. It's mm -hmm. been like smog in Mexico City in their lives for years, you know, or China or wherever. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I had it for a little while. I mean, I can't recall, like, exactly what it was. I felt better. I, f I really felt like I was improving. I also felt like I was broken still, too, though. Like, I felt like I had broken both my legs and arms and I was coming out of it, you know. Um, Yeah. Yes, I, I do know. Um, so when you first let me let me ask you let me ask you this way. So when you first got sober and you started to feel good about things, um, and you say you're still broken, so you're still obviously trying to repair yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. How come you never told me how good it was? Because <laughs> I was I was still hammered. Probably you were still calling me while I was in a bad. You probably put me in a bad mood when you called me. So so I want to ask about that year. Of, that our, first year. of our relationship, of our friendship, mm -hmm. and um, and I'm joking about why didn't you call me and tell me how good it was? I mean, I didn't. Oh know. yeah. Um, but that year where you get sober and I'm still drinking, and because um, I don't really remember. I mean, the conversations you remember them better than I do because I was drunk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would call you up and say what? Well, you'd or, say wild shit. You'd say wild drunk John shit. You'd start mm -hmm. rhyming and doing that John shuck and jive rhyming shit that you did but that first year was funny because like we didn't talk very much we we didn't talk for about a couple of years even when we were both drunk i just yeah. was so fucking miserable and so trying to get my life together that everything was so unmanageable and i lived in arizona and you lived in california and then mm -hmm. i you know when i first got to oregon i was just doing the guest spot and so you were kind of in your own we were on our own currents you know mm -hmm. um so that first year, I don't remember. I remember and don't. Like, there's specifics I remember. But as far as you contacting me, you we would only talk, like, once every few weeks. Like, you'd call me, like, every four weeks, usually on a Friday or Saturday. Or, like, if you had a Monday off, you'd call me on a Sunday. And you'd be a few few in. You know, we'd talk. And you'd be like, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? And then I'd tell you, well, dude, you know, I fucking quit drinking. That's how I did it. And then <laughs> It's true. How'd you quit yeah. drinking? Well, I quit drinking. I just stopped, you know, and then, well, what are you doing? And I'd tell you, well, I'd go to these 12-step <laughs> meetings. Oh, that's a cult, and I went once, and I didn't like it. And I'm like, yeah, I imagine you wouldn't. I imagine you wouldn't like it. Like, yeah, dude, you showed up still drunk and, like, unhappy. Of course you wouldn't. I imagine you showing up sober and unhappy, you might not like it at first mm -hmm. because you're feeling bad for yourself and you're feeling hurt and you're fucking bummed out and you're around what are all these fucking people smiling for you know but it was a lot of that it was a lot of you asking me if you were an alcoholic and i was like fuck yeah you're an alcoholic but i'm not here to fucking uh, diagnose you you know but right. in my and mind and then you'd say oh you're playing that aa jedi mind trick on me I and i'm like no dude. i'm like the and then I told my dad, you said that, and he laughed his ass off because his the idea of AA, you know, having this Jedi mind powers is hilarious to my old man. But uh -huh. um, yeah, man, I was like, I'm not here to tell you what you are, you know. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, you're like one of my best friends, if not my best friend. Of course, you're an alcoholic because I'm a fucking alcoholic. I'm not yeah. going to hang around with people who aren't drinking like alcoholics with the exception of like my wife, you know, mm -hmm. like. 
Yeah, and Megan's just a hostage in this bitch. Like, you just got pulled into my storm, so the rest of you motherfuckers, like, you all drink like I drink. Now, I, I can't diagnose you, though. I can't sit you down and yeah. tell you. And this, it's funny you're talking about the leading the horse to the water shit, right? Because of the idea of interventions, mm-hmm. right? And this I guess, conversation yeah. I was having with my friend regarding our acquaintance, and they were like, we need to sit down with this person. And I was like, we absolutely do not. That's not our fucking mm-hmm. job. Like, and I'm not going to be your ringmaster to, like, do you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm the, I'm the expert. No, I'm not the expert. I just, um, uh, I don't know, man. It's just, I always felt like the intervention could be helpful to some people, but I feel like mostly it's just more helpful for the people who are having the intervention than it is for mm-hmm. the person who's being intervened on, you know? Yeah. I, uh, and, yeah. you know, I, I, I would suggest to, like, when we would talk, because we're close, and I would be the one instigating the questions while I was drunk about getting sober, and saying right. and saying but, like, oh, am I an alcoholic, Jerry? And you you would you would say like, yeah, of course you're a fucking alcoholic. Like, yeah, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest anybody say that. <laughs> no, I was thinking it. I never but told you it. I don't know. If you, maybe always, you didn't tell me that. No, I never oh, okay. was like flat out like John. I'm diagnosing you as an alcoholic. You are yeah. not the father. You know, yeah. like I was not mooring your ass. <laughs> but I'm like, you know what you. I yeah, would tell you, know you like, you, you know what you are, yeah. dude. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But you, you know, know maybe what you you're are. just a heavy ass drinker. But in my mind, I'm like, I know what you are, and I'm not trying to keep it a secret from you. It's just, I'm not gonna carry the weight of being the one who puts that in your mind. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, you need to, you need to carry that weight. That's yeah. on you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I do. I remember now that you say that. I remember those conversations. Some of them where you're like, you right. know, you know what you are, and that's that's right. for you to figure out. And the whole like me, oh man, that's just that AA Jedi mind trick. Jedi bullshit. mind trick bullshit. Don't get out of my head. I'm gonna do a backbend. <laughs> so, it's uh, and I don't know that. Like the parts, there were certain things. The fact that you were let me try to rephrase this correctly. The fact that you were sober was very important in me getting sober, um, because we were friends and because we were yeah. we were close-ish. And you're right, we didn't talk for a long time. We were just basically doing our own selfish things, right? And drunk. Exactly. Um, but I never uh, the moment where I the, my moment of clarity, you know, my yeah. uh, my epiphany of like this is enough's enough. Uh, I you didn't cross my mind during that time. No, it's, it's not like I was like a, a specter in the room, like no. fucking Ebenezer Scrooge's ghost. No, you ghost. were not like, Jacob Marley. Like, yeah, yeah, that's the word. Like, I'm just like, John, stop. <laughs> Throw that bottle of Tito's no. in the garbage. <clears throat> See the fucking ghost of Rumpelman's past. Exactly. It's just me, fat and pissed off with the fucking bottle rocket. Yeah. <laughs> um, But... You were also, but you were the first one that I think I called, and I don't remember. Um, it was you and uh, another friend of mine, and yeah. I think he was the one. And I don't remember what you, you know. If, I think you would have been more hands off, like you said, but he was the one who was finally like, "Just go, just fucking right. go, like just and fucking I th- go." I also think it might have had to do with the amount of time between me and your other friend who had sober because I still did. I had no fucking idea, man. I was like, I mean, you were calling me at like, yeah, about less. I had less than a year when you were calling me because we got, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I must've had like, yeah, well you got sober a year after. So yeah, I mean, you were calling me before, before. Yeah. But you were calling me months before you decided to get sober. And so I would have like 10 months, nine months. Like I fucking didn't know any dude. I was so scared. I had no idea what I was doing. And then, you were calling me and I was like, dude, I don't even want to tell you the wrong thing and make right. it worse for you because I don't know. I still don't know. You know, I still have. I, I don't. I only know it's working for me. You know. Yeah. And that's that's all. That's all I'm asking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I one thing that one thing that I think has worked for me is this idea of when asked say yes when it comes to something in sobriety in recovery when somebody reaches out and needs something whether it's Uh you know recovery related or sobriety related or not just to say yes to these things but more so if if somebody calls me and i know that they're somebody in the program that i need to pick up the phone yeah um 
And I think that that that's been the single most effective way for me to be of service is to just be available when right. those things when when those things cross my when they come across my desk. Serv- you know? Service is such a weird word, man. Like I I love the idea of helping and service to me has always been one of those words that kind of turns me off. It really right. does because it feels like a chore, like oh, mm-hmm. this is an obligation. But I think it's just the framework of the word service. Do you know what I mean? Because when I think of helping someone or giving someone my perspective or even being like, come to this meeting with me or you know what I mean? Like giving mm-hmm. them literature or, or even anything, any type of anything as far as my experience is concerned, it always makes me feel good. I always, I always feel worried and good. I always feel like, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this person up. But also like, dang, you might have helped this person. Or when someone hits me up later and they're like, yo, I've been sober for like however long, a week. That always makes me feel really good. So I know I'm being of service. I know I'm being in service. But the word service itself has like this weird knee-jerk reaction to me. It always has. I remember going to like business meetings for this 12-step. And they would talk about service. And I'd be like, fuck. You know? Or I remember going to another meeting and the whole the, – the speaker was a dude who was part of the whole administrative part of this 12-step. And he, all he talked about was service. And I felt like I was in high school. Like I was like, fuck you're killing me inside you know like mm-hmm. but I, i've also i agree with you though in, in regards to helping others you know what i mean even if mm-hmm. you're doing it just to be selfish you're still helping right so what's altruism i guess you know like what is altruism i guess that's a big philosophical question that this doing... podcast isn't meant for but... <laughs> well the altruism is doing something for the, doing something without expecting something in return. Word. So I guess that's the difference between altruism and doing that thing because it makes me feel good to help people. And if it makes you feel good to help people, Jerry, then you should do it and it shouldn't matter. Right, and it does. I'm just saying the word itself, service. I guess it's the framework of the actual term. You, like if there, are, if there are a different word for it, like they were like yeah. hel- hel- helping out. Like but busting a god nut or something. I don't know. <laughs> Some type yes. of framework. But that being said, it's just it's all semantics. Like I'm just getting caught up on the word itself. Right. Because to actually go out and do service, you know, I would I would be more than happy to help people out. So, and I always have been. People hit me up on social media and I give them my two cents, I give them my perspective, I send them, you know, I'm like, This is what worked for me. Here's the resources I use and here's a schedule to those resources. Come by the tattoo shop, you wanna shoot the shit, I'll shoot the shit with you, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. Um yeah. and so it's funny because wasn't there another word that you had issue with that you got over in this what was uh, that? the god word the, the g yeah word? well yeah 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 and it takes time right yeah, so this and is it just, just my perspective time. now it's all growth it's all you either grow forwards or backwards you know mm-hmm. so um right now instead of being ingrown i'm outgrown you know? yes don't be that's ingrown. gross don't be ingrown. um i i just i feel i feel like if i just use that principle of service like when asked say yes right then um i don't feel because i too would would get resentments over uh it's a fucking chore uh i gotta do this or i don't want to do this man i'm tired or i'm i'm sad or i just want to be left alone or i i don't want to deal with people yeah and um you know i know that i feel better when my relationships are in when my relationships to other people are in some kind of service rather than to be served. Right. I am not a king. I am not, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not looking for what can I get from that person. And every time that I feel that way, every time that Mm -hmm. I think that way, it inevitably ends up, I don't get what I want. Right. I, I don't get what I want. When I, say yes to the service that's put before me i inevitably feel better i'm no i'm not concerned about what i can get from somebody i am simply and service doesn't have to be you know how it was explained to me is that it doesn't have to be recovery related doesn't have to be sobriety related doesn't have to be whatever program that you run related if you want to help your neighbor move some bricks for the wall or 
things like that. And those little things mm-hmm. get put into they get put into people's heads and they remember that. They remember that action. And then yeah. somewhere down the line when there's some issue or some problem that you have and people go, Hey, I really appreciate that thing you did that one time. I'd be happy to help. What do you need? Right. Right. So, and I think even the idea now at this point is if you go outside the even within recovery, but going outside of the but the brackets of recovery, it's like connectedness, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like aren't we all want connection? Even the fucking even the fucking craziest neckbeard in his bedroom with his Japanese body pillow and his weird fucking internet trolling and video games and shit. Like they just want to be connected, you know? Yeah. That's in some way or another, even if it's within their like trolling and anger, they're find, trying to find connection. There was something. I just, yeah, I just wanted to say neckbeard and Japanese <laughs> body pillow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you're painting a picture. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Um, there's something that stuck with me a long time ago. A girl I worked with um, at a bar in Seattle like 10 years ago. And I was having some issue with, I don't even remember who. But I was angry and I was frustrated at somebody. And it was somebody mm-hmm. who was who had done me wrong and I right. was just pissed off or, or something. I was bothered by what they were doing. And she yeah. said, John, everyone is just trying to be happy. And I was like, oh. And I don't yeah. know that I, that I picked up on that right away, but it always stuck with me. Like, So then I started to think about how people were trying to get happy and more so how I would try to get happy and how I went about it the wrong way all the time yeah for years for decades like i was just trying to be happy i was just trying to protect myself i was just trying to feel good right it was the short-term version but that's all you knew though that's all you knew that's all that's all either of us knew is the Mm -hmm. short-term version of it you know yeah um but i don't go out and i don't i don't preach to anybody i don't now thump the word i don't have like a milk crate and a big sign no man no i don't i don't really even and it's it doesn't come up in mixed company too much i mean i know you've mentioned what no i was saying your big temperance sign i was just thinking of the lady with the little axe and shit i was going off on a weird walter tangent in your your head yes it's having that weird walter picture show where you go off Mm -hmm. on the tangent from like the turn of the dust bowl you know (laughs) anyway go ahead no and it, it doesn't it doesn't feel good to be the guy who's like well you know what you're doing is wrong or what is it there's well, a, um, yeah dude there's um there's a scene do you remember the movie boogie nights mm-hmm. a little bit okay so there's one of the in the pool party scene we just watched it last night and um and dirk diggler does a does a he does like a cannonball or a swan dive or something like that uh-huh. into the uh into the pool and you know he comes up and everybody's like clapping excited to see him and and uh, the John C. Riley character, uh, Reed Rothschild, says he's like, and and Dirk Diggler says to him, "Hey, how was that?" And Reed Rothschild says, "That was pretty good. Let me show you what you did wrong." Oh, <laughs> and I was like, "Damn!" So he gets up and he goes, "He's I'm going to do a backflip." And he gets up on the board and he jumps and he lands smack right on his back. Uh huh. And it was just like he failed completely, but it was just that. That's pretty good. Let me show you what you did wrong. Right. Well, you know. <laughs> and it just that kind of that kind of uh um that kind of uh, approach has never worked for me. No. In conversations. No. I I you know, I have to be honest though, in all transparency, there have been points in my recovery where I have come from a place of judgment, and I've probably done it out loud. I definitely have done it internally, you know, and I I I struggle. I don't struggle as much now, but there was a while there where I had to fight again. It's like a cramp in my leg, but it was in my brain going, well, you wouldn't feel like shit right now if you didn't fucking drink so much. You know, me thinking it in my head. You know, I used to say it out loud and I was, and then I realized like, I just sounded like a fucking asshole. This isn't my job to tell you that shit. Like when somebody would come to work hungover Come in all hungover, be like, man, I got in this big old fucking fight with my girlfriend last night and she's being a bitch and I was all drunk and I'd be like, well, maybe don't get fucking drunk, stupid, you know, like, but I'd say it and then later on be like, Jerry, that's not really right. You know, this person's already feeling like garbage. They're hungover and their girlfriend's mad at them or whatever, you know, and yeah, I have to be transparent. I've done that, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And now, now I do it not as much because I can feel myself, my brain starting to do it. And I just push against the cramp. Like I'm pushing against the way the muscles cramping in my brain. I have to mm-hmm. push against it. And hopefully one day I'll have learned enough tools that I just does. If it does occur, if it does come up, I just don't, I just let it like meditation, just let mm-hmm. it pass me by. You know, like Alan Watts says, um, when you're meditating, you hear that voice, your internal monologue or whatever it is that's bothering you. He's like, acknowledge it and then just walk right past it, you know, internally because it's mm-hmm. happening. You can't stop it from happening. So just be like, okay, that's just there. It's just part of what we're doing and just walk right by it, you know. And so I have to do that with a lot of my judgmental thinking, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And, and how do you feel about people who... What do you, how do you feel about normal people who can drink regularly? I mean, do you? I mean, I know that you've been to some parties. I used to get mad at them, yeah. but I don't anymore. I think they're kind yeah. of funny now. They're kind of cute. <laughs> Is that fucked up? Like they're kind of cute. Like normal people. Like I'll go to like a party, like this end of the year teachers party, and a couple of them will get a little buzz. They won't get like hammered, but they'll drink like three IPAs and get a little buzz. And I think it's part of me thinks it's kind of adorable. I'm like, mm-hmm. look at you, little guy. You know, like wow, that's yeah. really cute. You're like, you'll get there. <laughs> I, mean, I really do. That it. person's probably going to have three martinis and feel a little tipsy and go home and go to sleep. And feel and like kind of shitty tomorrow a little yeah. bit. Yeah, foggy. But, like they um, took some NyQuil. But no, I don't mm-hmm. resent people for drinking normally anymore. I used to. Yeah. I used to. Absolutely used to. Yeah, like well, I remember telling my old sponsor, I was like, oh, so-and-so um, – gets to drink how come i can't drink and so it just pisses me off that so-and-so still gets to drink and yeah he like looked at me and laughed because i was talking about another alcoholic and he said that person doesn't get to drink that person has to drink you don't have to anymore and it, it was like just a like once again simple semantics but it like mm-hmm. really popped a bulb in my head i was like you're right i don't have to so what the fuck am i getting jealous for you know yeah. or like I, you know, I'd get out my wife and be like, oh, well, you have a pressure relief. You can come home at a glass of wine, smoke a joint or whatever, and feel better, <clears throat> smoke a bowl. I can't do that. I can't do that, you know? And then I had to, like, really sit down and realize, like, I've already done all that. I've done enough. I'm done doing that because, yeah. I'm, you know, there's no pressure relief for me in that sense. Like, I need to find an alternate coping mechanism, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a six-pack of Coke Zeros. I fucking dance, bro. I dance. Dance it out, dude. Yeah. Maybe I'll dance it out tonight. I'm feeling pretty good. Put on some Daft Um, Punk, dude, and mm -hmm. call your old lady, FaceTime mm -hmm. with her, do the shoulder roll and shit. Up all night to get lucky. Mm -hmm. Um, Or or Bruno Mars, dude. Uh, 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 uh. Baby you, baby you, baby. I don't know. How does it go? I I don't know. You know what a song I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah. Um, There's some meme where they slap some dude's butt, and then they make that. Anyhow, never mind. It's, so uh, what I've seen is a guy slapping a lady in the face with his penis. So, you know. Jesus, well, that's, that's some fortune. I run shit. in some pretty gritty circles. <laughs> so <clears throat> I know. That, and so speaking of resentments toward people who drink and um, and and all of that and, and uh-huh. everything that we're talking about, there's something, you know, we usually have a little um, – we have a little powwow before we hit record on these on these podcasts. I think mostly yeah. just to kind of like check in, make sure everybody's okay and what's lubricate going on. the vocal cords. Exactly, just, exactly. Sort of... Touch touch up. And touch one in. thing I didn't I I I forgot to mention to you was that I fucking I quit my job. Oh, you did. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to get another one. I'm not oh. like, this is not uh, for like... a second. I thought you said, well, I'm going to have to tell them, but I'm glad you told them before you told me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I came to this realization that I was working this job. And I, for those of you who don't know, I tend bar and I wait tables and, um, the restaurant business is not the most, well, it's, it's, it can be pretty toxic. And I was dealing with some, some servers who had some substance abuse issues and there was, there was a lot of things and there were, you know, the constant nightly, um, dealing with people who were drinking and there, there was some other stuff too. Uh, but Mm -hmm. it was, it was, it wasn't any one specific issue. It wasn't that I didn't see eye to eye with things with my manager or, you know, such and such server was too drunk this night. And I don't know that whatever it was, or I didn't like the way that, other people were doing things or whatever it was. Right. And I just realized that like, 
I can't I can't change all of these things. I can't no, make can't. I can't make this person stay sober. I can't make them do this thing the way that I think it's supposed to be right. I can't mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I can't I can't make these people who are coming in to have a good time behave the way I want them to. Like it's right. never going to happen. And well, what can you change though? What can right? I change, yeah. right? And I was like yeah. And I sat there and I was like, but I need a job. And I was like, yeah, but you need to be fucking happy too. I mean, this right. is, why should you dread all week long that you're going to go to work? You know, it'd be like, you know, I'd come in on the weekends or whatever, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I would fucking hate it. I would just be so miserable. And so I like, I wrote up a letter. I said, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Thank you very much for the employment. I really appreciate it. And all those things were true. And I just straight up told my boss, I was like, I'm not happy here, man. And right. it's not any one thing. I just got to go. And I didn't want to get into it too much with him. I mean, I, I I, think also that those things breed resentment. And as we know, you and I as alcoholics, resentments lead us. We're to, real good at it. We're, <laughs> exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and I just didn't want it to. And I didn't think that my resentments toward a job would lead me to drink. I feel like I run a pretty good program for myself in life but Mm -hmm. i also didn't want to get stuck in some fucking job that made me hate myself and made me you know Mm -hmm. and i can't i would i would feel like i'd have to put my shields up every single day and like be this positive force and you know i'd have to you know and i'd come in and somebody would be talking about how they fucking puked last night and it's like jesus so much puking guys and then like maybe you shouldn't have DoorDash bring you seventy dollars worth of Taco Bell to your house at three o'clock in the morning. Right, Jordash, <laughs> Jordash, DoorDash. Jordash is dope. Jordash. Oh, DoorDash. Jordash. I thought you meant like they called their friend. Yeah, yo, Jordash. <laughs> Can you bring me some Mexi pizzas? And so I was just like so fucking fed up with it. It was just like, and I I just want to tell people to shut up. Right. And I can't do that. And so that. you're building this resentment because you're watching oh, yeah. other people make this same stupid mistake oh, that you've yeah. made. And now you're like, dude, I've figured <clears throat> out the path. Like, I figured out a, a, a quicker route to fucking China than you have. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, and you're still taking that same shitty route, mm-hmm. you know, through, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, I got the Silk and Road. And I can't and just still, watch you. Yeah. Exactly. I got the <clears throat> Silk Road and you're still going up over the Arctic <clears throat> fucking circle on your boats and shit, mm-hmm. dummy. Yeah. <laughs> so that and that's how I felt. And I was like, I just can't watch you. And I was like, OK, no, of course, I still have to pay my rent and I still have to pay bills. Right. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to have to figure something out here. Just really ramping it up a green camel press this month. <laughs> hey, you guys, can you buy a T-shirt, please? One T-shirt, three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> They're real soft. Um, real, real soft. But but I was just like, I have to be happy because because this is not right. going to work any other way and no. I, and well we had spoken about this before about how you wanted to go back into the you did not want to go back in the industry again but you were going to try it one more time because it was a source of income but you're like mm-hmm. well, you know i'm not really happy doing what i was doing anyway you mm-hmm. know yeah and so you just showed yourself once again you're like yeah this isn't okay i went back and it didn't really I didn't feel fulfilled. I felt more frustrated than not. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, if you have the choice to be able to figure out what you can do to make money, I would say definitely exercise that choice than being stuck. Some people are just stuck, man. Some people just get stuck, you know? I know. I know. And I, 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 I will probably, well, I don't want to say, I don't want to say I'll probably have to do it again, but I've already had, I've already talked to people who are like, Hey, if you want a job, just let me know. So right. it's like, I don't know. I am, uh, yeah, I just decided I didn't want to deal with the resentments and I certainly wasn't going to try and I couldn't change people's lives. With Maybe my... you got to start making those mocktails, dude. This Make some, the mocktails, this... do some sober catering. Sober catering? Yeah. <clears throat> sober catering in wine country. <laughs> wow, yeah, that, you're right. Might be I tough. didn't think about that, yeah. <clears throat> like I mean, it gonna... might be one of a kind. I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. been... It would be cool. I mean, I think that I think that there's some potential. I like some of these um, some of these uh, pop up bars that kind of put together like it's you know a space for sober people to come together and kind of have a mixer mingle and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. So, if any um, of you listeners have any suggestions, hit us up over there at uh, 
Uh, a is for alcoholic at gmail.com. I don't know what our All email I'm saying is, is I'm, uh, I am resourceful. I am sober. I come to work on time. And uh, yeah, that's all. And you but, need um, someone to put some siding up on your house? He's getting yes, in shape. He can I'll lift that shit up. <laughs> Do some house painting. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, I'm building up that base tan for the summer. Building up so, that base tan. He looks like a nice, he's got a nice mocha. <laughs> so yeah, you know what I mean? Like it was just yeah. this, I had to choose between, between the resentment and, um, and not. And it's not anybody's fault there. Like, but because I, I can't change them. And I can't. No, you can't. You can only change <clears throat> what's going on with you. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel like, um, I feel like when I want to talk, there's certain people I want to tell, like, hey, man, you're going down a pretty destructive path. And there's really only like three ways this ends. And it's either you get sober, you die, or you go to jail. Right. But then I think they're, they, they wouldn't hear that. Yeah, they'd be like, suck an egg, Grandpa. <laughs> have a good time. We're going to do a bunch of Molly and go to a fucking whatever show. <clears throat> And that's really, I think that's really heartbreaking, you know, yeah. to think about friends that I have, friends that we have, that we know are are struggling. And, you know, I was taught that the best way to look at it is this person is sick, right? I was yes. sick. You were mm-hmm. sick. Yes. And, um, and it's a fucked up sickness that really, it's not like you can just... You can't lift it from somebody. They have nope. to. They have to lift it from themselves. Ain't that the bitch? That's the bitch. I think of all. I think that's one of the biggest bitches of all recovery or of all addiction. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the choice is all. You always have to be. You can even be willing, and still not do it. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to just lift it off yourself and then start doing that work. And I don't know. You know, in the next 50 years, if they'll ever, you know, 100 years in our lifetime, figure out a way chemically mm-hmm. to change it or figure out the genetic factors in it or whether or not to figure out the psychology of it. But it really is literally one of those things that, like, you need to fucking not just be willing, but actually take action to make it work. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think about it with, like, my, my, um, my journey, uh, of, of weight loss or, you know, getting, getting healthy. <clears throat> and we don't talk about, I don't hear nearly enough about the physical aspect of recovery. Right. Cause it's right. not just, Oh, I got sober and I feel better, but, um, nobody could tell me, I mean, I watched you <clears throat> lose 50 pounds in like what? Nine months. No, it was like a year, like 10, year. 10 or 11 months. Yeah. About 10 or 11 a little less months. Let's, than a year. Let's yeah. say even if we, even if we let's say, say 10 year, months, 10 months. Yeah. yeah. I watched you lose 50 pounds in 10 months, maybe more. And it, it's still at that point, you would be like, I said, how you do it, man. And you'd say, well, I count my calories on this app and I've been doing this exercise and this, that, and the other. And I was like, man, that could never work for me. That could never work. Even for though me. you had quit drinking a fifth of vodka every night, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that could never work for me, man. And then so, but you just sat there and you were this example to me, and I because mm-hmm. I would remember, and you put those pictures of you side by side, and yeah. that person that I remember that I used to party with was, yeah. you know, bloated and fucking yeah. filled with taquitos and whiskey. Taquitos, dude, whiskey. <laughs> And so, bourbon and cokes, dude, and fucking yeah, taquitos. <laughs> right, I I ate a lot of those. I used to get the little rollers of the Seven Eleven rollers. Oh yeah, woo. oh woo, dude, Child. that was a fucking party right there, dude. Yeah. Just me, you, a parking garage, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like it wasn't until I made the decision to take some action that anything started to change. I and think. I don't know, man. I wonder what it is. I wonder if it's just, well, we're, it's, it's, I mean, I know it goes back to the cliche mm-hmm. of sick and tired of being sick and tired, regardless of what it is in your life. If you're fucking sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's like up to you to make the change. But I also wonder if these major changes we both have made over the past year in our lives is because of our age, you know, because we're generation X, we're hitting our <clears> mid forties <throat> now. Like, well, you're still in your early forties, but mm-hmm. I, I always wonder, you know, my wife looked at me last night and she's like, dude, we're getting old. Like we're getting older. You know that, right? And I'm like, bitch, no, we're not. But in my mind, I was like, you're absolutely right. You know, like, and I, I told her she was right. Cause I mean, I'll be 44 this year 
Yeah. I, I never thought I'd be a 44-year-old man, especially not a sober 44-year-old man who fucking walks and jogs and works out and shit. I never thought I'd be that man. So I wonder if it's my age and I'm just trying to prolong my mortality. I don't know. That I, This is getting deeper mm-hmm. than recovery, I guess. But um, I think that that's part of it. I think... Yeah, right. I think, I think a couple of things. I think when I think about my wanting to lose weight is that it became... I had something personally invested. It was it was personally painful enough to me to need to stop doing what I was doing, especially after I'd quit drinking for <clears throat> three and a half years. Excuse me. I knew better. I knew how these things worked. I knew how they worked on me. And I mm-hmm. knew that the pain that I was suffering from was caused yeah. by me. Right. And it got, it got to the point where, and we use this word all the time, but it was un- fucking manageable i, I love that so, word though it's one of my favorite words yeah man. anyway go ahead carry yeah. on it was just it was mm-hmm. unmanageable and it was it was to the point where i was you know i don't want to say i was crying myself to sleep every night but there were some nights where it was so sad and it hurt so much right and you're talking about physical pain i'm just talking yeah i'm talking just about like all my of back, it though you're talking my about back, the whole my the feet whole shit. everything yeah. but it's, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know it's all interconnected right and so really is i think that was that was one piece of it is that i i had a personal investment in my health like my mm-hmm. lower back was hurting all the time like bad like i would have spasms and it's like well how long are you going to carry that extra 60 pounds around your waist that's what's right. doing it john it, um, yeah yeah i think there's a certain level of that mortality of of getting a little now that i've got a little taste of what it feels like to feel good and I can yeah. look in the mirror and I like who I see. I go, well, hang on a second. Like, I've just started. This just started. I want this to last a little bit longer. Yeah. I'm really enjoying this, man. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, that's that. And that helps me make choices about what I eat or what I if I drink. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I don't know if it was your dad or if it was Mark Marin or I feel like it, one or the other. But this just this. this there's this thing that happens and I see this trend all the time. I see this pattern with a lot of our friends, several of our friends, but in your late thirties and to early forties, your life just starts to implode when you drink the way that we drank, when you drink alcoholically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. When we, when we did. And so I feel like my body was physically starting to shut down because of my age. And then my mind was, was starting to shut down. Um, because of my age. So I, I feel like there's all these different factors involved that it, it's, it's just, you know, my constitution was as strong as it was. That's all it could handle. It was done. I was 38 right. years old and I had to quit drinking, you yeah. know, and then because I wasn't concerned about my mortality then. I was no, as self-destructive no. as I could be. <laughs> yeah, fuck our mortalities. I was like hoping to die in my sleep. I was just, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, man. I would hope and, for it all the time. Um, it was just a really dark, dark period, and I think that that also was that it. I had to be personally invested because if everything was quote unquote fine, then why do I need to change anything? If I'm right. getting, if I'm paying my bills and I'm not bothering anybody, then let me just get fucked up and go crazy and be an asshole and you know, yep. just, mm-hmm. just hey, just leave me alone with my booze, and that was an acceptable, manageable way to live for a long time, too long. Yeah, until so, it became unmanageable. Until it became That's unmanageable. Why. That's why I love it. I love it because. <laughs> You know, I've had people once again talking about, you know, leading a horse to water and I've had people hit me up and say, you know, I don't know if I, I don't know what I am. I, I worry about this or that or this and I think I'm drinking too much. And I always ask them, can you manage your life right now with the way you're drinking? And do you feel like your life would be much easier to manage if you didn't drink? You know, that's your big mm-hmm. question. It's what you're doing right now. Is it manageable? Is it sustainable? Or are you, is it f- all fucking disarray because there must be some disarray because you're hitting me up you know what i mean like (laughs) so it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem that manageable right now but you need to sit down and go okay if you can manage it one day out of the week and then the other six days are a shit show well then maybe you should really reassess your situation you know that's why i love that manageable because it doesn't it's a really easily approachable word manageable you know it's not like 
is your life fucking horrible? You're like, no, because for three hours out of the night, I feel great because I'm loaded. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Or, mm-hmm. or for 20 minutes now at this point, I feel great, you know, but you know, what about all the rest of it? You got to think about all that shit. Manageable. It's, it's, I love the word. Let's keep mm-hmm. repeating it. That's how we'll close out. Is just me saying manageable, manageable 32 manageable, times manageable. in a row. Right? Yeah. Um, well, monorail. Then, <laughs> monorail. Monorail. Mondenville, monorail. Shelbyville. <laughs> Haberbrock or it's like Brock. a mule with a spinning wheel <laughs> um well what would you say to somebody who was like hey man i need to get sober right what would you say to them would you... well i mean i've i for fear of breaking any traditions here i would probably tell them that they can go to a meeting with me or right. by themselves and send them a, a uh schedule for meetings and say you know if you if you can make it down to the tattoo shop you want to come talk to me i'll you can sit in the shop if you feel uncomfortable sitting in the shop we can go get a cup of coffee you know but i would definitely recommend just talking being around other people yeah. right so like mm-hmm. hey i want to quit drinking i'm like well first of all like don't drink anymore <laughs> you yeah. know that's your first one and if you're to the point where like you are fucking shaking when you're not drinking and you're getting really sick well you need to go to the fucking mm-hmm. to a hospital like you got to seek medical attention because that's the other bitch about alcohol is that's one of those things where if you're in it deep enough and you you'll fucking die from withdrawals do you know what mm-hmm. i mean like you'll have seizures and shit um so, you know, that's yeah. that's where you determine. I mean, but I, you're asking me, yeah, that's why it took me so long to think because I'm like, well, do I break the 11th tradition right now? Because I literally, I'm like, this is what worked for me. If you want to do it work right. for me, here's what I did. Yeah, you know? and that's that's the thing is these are the tools that, that, I've, that I've learned as well as you. Mm-hmm. And that's all I can say. And, you know, yeah. there's... And there are other ways to do this, and I've seen people who have done. There are. It this without. is what worked for me. This, this is why I make the world's me. worst drug counselor or the worst alcohol <laughs> counselor because I'd be like, just go to a fucking meeting, <laughs> you'll be all right, you know. Which is awful. That's awful. There's yeah. got to be more to it than that because some yeah. people require more than that, or some people require differently than that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so. but I mean, for me, that's that's my honest answer. You know, what would you do? I think, I think probably. I mean, I would ask them. I would ask them what's wrong. I mean, I guess I would. Right. I would ask them what they, what what has happened. What was, what changed your perspective on drinking? What changed this time? Like what? Oh, you know, that's why good. did you? Yeah. Why did why did this this time that you drank make you think you needed to stop versus the one before? Right. You know, and I would just ask them a question, and I find that, again, when I am dealing with people. I don't I don't want to tell them what to do, but I right. a lot of times if I ask them about it, they often have come to their own conclusions, right? Yes. Well, it's funny <laughs> you ask what was different about this time than the last time and usually they'll tell you, "Well, I've been thinking about this for a long time." Right. Like with every drunk I've been, every mm-hmm. time I get drunk, I think about this. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, so like you're saying, they're coming to their own conclusions. Sometimes people will hit you up just to justify their own feelings. Do you know what? So they're not mm-hmm. sitting alone with it. You know? I think I think I would listen. I think I would I would listen more than I would say anything. Well, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's I think that's the best. Um, that's that's yeah. the best. That's the best uh, service, sir. You know that I can offer is to just listen to people. You know, so I think it's I think it's just important to to be easy with people and not whether you feel great and amazing about, you know, your sobriety or are still struggling with it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You can't, you can't give it to somebody who doesn't want it. And I think that's one of these, one of these quotes I saw, one of these Instagram quotes was recovery is for those who want it, not those who need it. Yeah. And that's really, that's pretty fucking spot on. So it really is, yeah. You call me, I'll be like, get your ass to a meeting. You call John, he'll listen. No, please call me. I will listen. I actually, Jerry will. Yeah, he, he listens. I me will. I'm just, I'm just, have. I'm just fucking around. I know, but yeah. he probably will tell you to get your ass to a meeting too. But I probably will. But you know, like I don't go very much anymore either. So I'd be like a hypocrite. I'd be like, maybe we'll go together, so I can get my shit together as well. Thanks again for listening. 
Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>